Fucking weathermen need to do their damn jobs better. Okay, if there's two two like areas in this world that people need to do better, it's strippers and weathermen. This episode is brought to you by Shankit Golf. If you ever see a fellow competitor on the course that completely sucks, but they're always surrounded by beautiful women out there, well, more than likely, they went to shankitgolf.com for their apparel needs. These guys offer extremely high-quality clothing, hats, beanies, bags, anything that will keep you looking sexy out on the course. Use code FOUL44 at checkout and receive 15% off your total order. Keep my eye on you out there and get to shankitgolf.com today. Welcome back. It is Monday, March 6th, the day that we are recording this podcast. This is the Foul Language Podcast, if you didn't know. I'm your host, Austin Stanley. Joining me, as always, my main man, my blood brother, Alex Stanley. What up, everybody? It's glad, glad, I'm glad to be back. Glad to have you back. And then my redheaded brother, beside <laughs> him, Mr. Gage Stanley. Thank you. Always good to be here. I'm glad you are back. I'm glad to be back in the Foul Language studio. Got a good episode coming up. Got a lot to talk about. It's going to be a good one. You believe me? Uh, uh, let's raise the energy so, up a little. So, so let's come back in with that. This is going to be a fantastic episode. There we I go. That's like the energy. Do you believe me? Are you I believe, believe you. I'm glad you're believing me because we got a lot coming up. We got to talk about, you know, finally we got some stuff to talk about in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, we got the combine. Uh, we're going to do a little foul language scouting report, new ep- our new segment coming up later on in this episode. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. John Jones is the best fighter that's ever lived. I've said it, I've said it since the beginning. I'm, I'm on board with you now. Well, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We're going to get into life, everything that's been going on. We're going to get into the movie club. we got new movies to talk about. We're, we're, we got a whole lot coming up in this episode, so let's get right into it. Let's do it. Alex, you started the movie club last week. I did. Well, did you all, I guess you all watched the, watched it, 2001 was, A Space Odyssey? What, what did you think? Our initial reactions? Great movie. Great movie. Fan, fantastic. One, one of the, one of the, it's kind of one of those movies that's hidden. A lot of people don't know about it, right? Well, it's old. It is. Uh, it was 60, what, 68, 68, 68, 68, 68, 68. Yeah. Very old movie. It's great. It, it, on my board, and I had seen it before, um, and I ranked it very high. You know how I do my ranking system, and I, I, I put it in the nines. It's a nine-one for me. It's a very, very good movie. Well, it, um, you know, before we get, because Gage just watched it for the first time mm-hmm. this week, so, you know, um, yeah, I guess the 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 layers. It's like an onion. You peel it back. There's so many different layers to this movie. It's, it's so deep, right? I mean, the first thing that stood out to me, let's see if you caught this, was the impending threat for us after the nuclear war, uh, you know, after creating an atomic bomb, mm-hmm. what all happened in this situation, how it progressed. And then the beginning, what it went probably 15 minutes with no talking, but then the monkeys got the, uh, you know, they grew the intelligence to be able to kill each other. 
I'm not gonna lie, I actually fast forward during the no talking part. You did? Yeah. I sat there and waited and I was like, is this movie did I pick the right thing? Is this movie ever gonna start? It will yeah. throw you off. Yeah. You don't expect I, I thought the same thing the first time I yeah. watched it. But I mean it's it's Kubrick. The threat of nuclear war, the threat of artificial intelligence that, that we can't understand. He was so far ahead of his time. He was so oh, you know, that's why a lot of people thought he was a, a time traveler. I mean, he just everything he done. You could go watch any Kubrick movie and you're going to love it. it. But I would suggest starting, if you're new to Stanley Kubrick's works, I would suggest starting with 2001 A Space Odyssey. And especially if you like sci-fi, I mean, some of the other stuff gets uh, a little weird. Uh, Clockwork Orange is a very, very deep movie. It's Uh, a rough one. It's a rough one to get through. I'm not recommending that movie. Uh, if, if you're a movie buff, though, you probably know about it. Um, but it it is it's it's a tough one to get through. But you you always you got The Shining too. I mean, oh yeah. You know, I will say in my opinion, I love The Shining, great movie. But compared to the novel, I feel like it's two separate things. Like The Shining as its own movie was great, but when you try to say that it's a adaptation of the novel, I feel like it falls short of what the novel was doing. Right. Well, the they did not explore into um jack torrance's alcoholism in the movie enough that was the central premise of the novel was his alcoholism and how it it, that actually is what allowed the spirits in the overlook hotel to get inside of him was because of his weakness for alcohol you see i almost felt like the movie was kind of making you try to question is he crazy or are there ghosts yeah which is kubrick right you know right. he wants the right. audience to question everything yeah. but in the book it's more oh no there's 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 fucking ghosts right you yeah. know yeah and, and nobody can see him except for danny and then you know the yeah. cook which wasn't in the, well yeah. he was in there a little bit but yeah. yeah i'll say i i don't read as often as you all i wish i did but um that novel is it's one of the only novels that's ever legitimately scared it's me. It's a very scary one. The whole the whole part where he's in the the hedge garden, the animal with uh-huh. the, that whole part, and is, they left that completely out of yeah. the movie. It was it's a recurring so cool. theme in a lot of Stephen King yes. books, the hedge animals. Well, Stephen King hated The Shining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't like Stanley Kubrick, and a lot of people didn't like Stanley Kubrick. And um, you know, poor old. Um, Shelley Duvall, he basically oh, tormented her to where she didn't act anymore after making The Shining. But, you know, going just based off the movie club and everybody that, that watched 2001 A Space Odyssey, I mean, Gage, what did what did you think? Did you blame Hal? Did you blame Hal for you what know, happened? It was, it's a very complicated question. You know, uh, you look into what ha- caused it. I actually had to do a lot of research after because I'm so curious. Yeah. And they said, and they also explored in the second movie was that, you know, they, they told how to lie and how was not made for that. So mm-hmm. it made him completely malfunction. So, but when you, when you also think about the fact that he's an artificial intelligence and he knows now they're going to try to shut him down, like, would you let somebody kill you? You wouldn't, he was protecting himself. Yeah. I mean, so can you blame him all for getting one error wrong, you know, thinking something was going to break and it didn't? Yeah. Like, I, I see both perspectives. The other persons are, you know, hey, he got this wrong. Well, if he gets something really big wrong, and we need him right now down the line. Yeah. But, know. you know, kind of saying that if something is sentient and you create it and then it malfunctions slightly and you're just going to destroy it, that mm-hmm. seems cruel, even though these things are not human. They don't think the way that we do. It still puts it 
strangely into perspective about artificial intelligence. Did it not make you sad too when he was unplugging you and how I was like, I'm scared. I'm yeah. scared. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was sad. But deeper than that, don't you believe that the whole situation has a deeper meaning into life itself? Oh, absolutely. You know, the way that he aged and he saw himself, you know, when he went into the wormhole, it was wormhole. Wouldn't you think it was a wormhole? I actually read and they uncovered recently. Matter of fact, the interview Cooper gave uh, a long time ago, kind of gotten hidden. Uh, He said that basically the aliens captured him and put him in like a zoo. Right. And time, the way time passed to him was the way it did the movie. Yeah. So he like time was passing, but in his perspective, it passed just like that. Yeah. And then at the very end of it, they turned him into a uh, a different creature. Like yes. he was reborn and was coming back to Earth as a uh, a new creature. Yes. Yeah. Which they kind of dropped off that with the second one a little bit, but it's so it's so deep. And you know that was kind of why I picked that movie was to make, to make people think. Uh, I don't hold nothing against like Marvel movies or anything. I don't, but. So much of things now are just given to you. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to think about it. And this well, movie makes you think. And nowadays, you can see most of the movies just watching a trailer, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. They put the best parts in the trailer, and then sometimes they put really good parts in the trailer, and then they're not in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Where you see the, the whole movie twist in the trailer. Like, you find out yeah. who the bad guy is going to make a turn right. in the trailer. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not even watching Yeah, this. seriously. Uh, With that being said, week two of the movie club, all lies on one man's shoulders. Well, luckily, my shoulder is recovering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the movie I'm going to recommend this week is The Illusionist with Evan Norton. came out in 2006. Great movie. I uh, don't want to give anything away, but uh, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's Edward Norton's best movie. See, I've never seen this one, so we got another it's movie. It's a fantastic movie. Make you think. And it, it will, and it, it has a really good twist. It does. It's a really good twist. You're not going to see it coming. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. The Illusionist with Edward Norton. That's right. Yes, Edward Norton, Jessica Biel, and Paul Giamatti. Okay. Oh, yeah. Every time I think of him, I always just see him with blue skin. <laughs> and I was telling somebody about that movie the other day, and they had no idea what I was talking. Really? About. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. It happens to me all the time. With like, uh, I think it's the Mandela effect. Could sometimes be. could be. Do y'all remember the show Rocket Power? Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. Rocket Power? People, people my age don't remember Rocket Power. Yeah, I remember Rocket Power. I'll tell you something interesting about the Illusionist. Do you know who played uh, Edward Norton as a kid in that movie? Who? Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh really? Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. It's a very good movie. And plus, you get to see Jessica Bill. She's she's a good-looking woman. It's, absolutely. You can't ever complain about no, that. And for the, for the females, I mean, Edward Norton ain't half bad to look yeah. at either. I, don't <laughs> mean, I, I heard he's kind of a prima donna to work with. Though. I've also I've heard, heard of it. And Rufus Sewell played the crown prince. I, I never I never know his name, but I've seen oh, him in so many different yeah. movies. He was in The Night's Tale, wasn't he? I think so. I think yeah, he was the bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He's doing uh, yeah. all of the uh, original sins and the newest ways. Was that what he said? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. That's a great movie. That one never gets old. That's one of those yeah. ones that you can watch a million times. Yeah, that's a good. It one. never gets old. Rest, Rest in, in peace. peace. He's the High Castle. More recent thing he's done. Yeah, yeah. That was that was, that was good. So other than that, fantastic movie. Great recommendation. I'm loving this this movie club. This is yeah. fun. We're going to keep this going. We just had a blockbuster. Oh, yeah. We could go to Oregon. <laughs> is There's that one? Left. I thought it closed. 
I it thought the last one closed. Did you hear that? That the I last one closed. closed. That's a shame if it did. Dude, kids today will never know the joy. No. And then the pain of you really Your want to see this movie. No, no, video game. I'm like, or the video game or a movie, and you go and you, you're all hyped up to get it, and you go in there and there's nothing behind the box. Yeah. Like it's just no! oh, yeah. according to this, it's still around. Still around. Okay. So that as of December 2022, the last Blockbuster is one of three remaining video rental stores that are in operation throughout North America. Its only competitor being Canada's Jumbo Video. The location has become a popular tourist destination since becoming the last blockbuster. Wow. They made a whole show about it. It's in Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon. For all you people in Oregon are near. It's We've been, been, we've been right through Bend, Oregon, haven't we? We have. It's a beautiful country. And you got those, what was it, like 11 counties in Oregon that are wanting to move to become greater Idaho. Did you see that? No. What? Yeah, because uh, apparently, like, it's it's like... It's like sixty percent of the the state, but it's only like nine percent of the population, and they're wanting to move to Idaho because they don't believe their political views are being satisfied in that state because the population lies in the the big cities. Welcome to about every yeah. State. yeah that's true. There's always a bunch of people to think. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's just more the more dense the population, the yeah. more heavy it's going away. That part of the country, though, is like a whole other world. It's beautiful. It's, Oregon it's crazy. is beautiful. It it's, really you is. You go through there by the river when the, the salmon are running. Yeah. And All those guys beautiful. out there fishing. Yeah. Jealous beautiful. of them. Yeah. You, you, you would, you'd love it if you ever was able to go through there. It's beautiful, man. Speaking of salmon, we have a bunch of salmon for the uh, fight. He was telling you that. He said it was Ashley unreal. Ashley cook a salmon. Yeah. Ashley, if you're listening to this again, did thank she, you. It was delicious. Did she <laughs> it cook it like, on the stove? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, apparently there's like a, i never cook fish but apparently you're supposed to take the sauce and like constantly push it on to the fish when mm. you're cooking it or good she dry. yeah she cooked it with uh honey um maple barbecue seasoning oh God, and that sounds good some other stuff. it was just it was really good it was fantastic i actually already told him about it earlier that's telling him how good it was, it was love salmon. I've, I've never really liked fish in general like i like tuna and you know octopus and stuff like that but nothing that's like actual fishy tasting for the yeah, most part you know. I, I love it you like shrimp i do love shrimp i love shrimp i'm gonna be honest i i could probably only eat seafood for the rest of my mm -hmm. life if you had to give up red meat chicken pork or seafood you had to give up one pork pork really easily pork i yeah. give up chicken I love chicken. Ch chicken second I, I for me. I give up chicken. I would, I would honestly give up pork and then red meat. Really? Yeah, I love steak, but steak doesn't like yeah. It's not something I have to have. Yeah. Yeah, see, me, I I love barbecue. You know, I love barbecue. I like sausage. I can't lie. I, I like, like sausage. fresh sausage. Like, bacon. You can't you know. beat bacon. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, that, burgers, you can't beat a burger. You can't beat a steak. And seafood, I just said I love seafood. All seafood, honestly. Yeah. But, so you don't dine on swine? Nope. No, I mean, I, don't be wrong. You know, like, motherfucking <laughs> I do love pork barbecue. All right, that's the yeah. end. I'll, and I'm, I don't like bacon as much as everybody else likes bacon. Like I yeah. like bacon, all right, but bacon. I prefer sausage. If you put a plate a plate of bacon in front of me, I don't have to eat it. I can walk away. It's not gonna bother me, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, I don't know. For me, number one is probably chicken, and then turkey, and then seafood, and then red meat, and then pork. Mm. Yeah. See, I, I'm weird about chicken, though. It's got to be, like, good, organic good chicken, chicken. Organic chicken. See, if it's like, I can eat, like, a chicken sandwich, you know, 
like chicken biscuits, my favorite breakfast food. Yeah. Chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A. Or well, that's like a that. good or, question. Who's your where's your where's your favorite chicken biscuit from? I would honestly have to say it's between Chick Fil A and Hardee's. Yeah. You don't like Bojangles? You don't like the Cajun? I've never ate a whole, a whole lot of Bojangles. Yeah. It usually gets me sick. It's too greasy yeah. on the food. Have you ever had that uh, honey butter chicken biscuit from Wendy's? It's fantastic. Right. Next time you're there, try it. You got to try it. It's, it's so I'll good. Check it out. So what's been going on? How's how's life been? It's been? We were off last week. Had some stuff come up. Yeah. So it's been a little while since we've been in the studio. Been doing good. We, uh, we recently purchased a 3D printer. We're excited to get some prints off. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be posting some pictures of some stuff on the Instagram. Sure. Yeah. Might have to start a little printing business. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, might be able to make some stuff for the podcast. Absolutely. If you, uh, if you people out there would like to get some stuff, let us know in the comments what you'd like to see. If it's something yeah. we can print, we can try it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we get into a little bit of everything, don't we? We do. We're kind of all over the place. That's right. Yeah. We do. I know you come here for the sports, but you stay for our bullshit. And I know that's what it is. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. It's that's why everybody's here, really. Find out exactly what we kill the pilgrim. <laughs> we found that out about <laughs> six episodes ago. Yeah. What is this episode? 13, 13, lucky 13. That's right. Number 13. The I mean, where are they going to the Super Bowl? Right here. We've done this 13 right. times. That's, that's a <laughs> What did he say? He said, I mean, it's not going to go to the Super Bowl or anything. Oh, God. You know what, Gage? Place is out, Marino. <laughs> I hope Dan Marino gets gonorrhea and dies. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I went golfing on Saturday. I saw that. Broke 100. Played the best game maybe of my life. Do you attribute that to our sponsorship with Shank at Golf? 100%. Yeah. I had my new products out, had my hat on, my, my new shirt, had my towel on my bag. I was looking fly. Yeah. Played the best game of my life. The only thing that was different from the last time I played a couple weeks ago is the Shank at Golf gear. And that's the only so, thing so that makes sense. sense. So you think Dion was right? Oh, I absolutely. Mean, you, look, good, you look good, good you play good, good yeah. you play good, you feel good. Is that you got a little backwards? I, I, I got it. You got, up, you got you know. the yeah. sentiment it's of there. it anyway. I, I played mean, yeah. very good. Okay. <laughs> now, honestly, it, it and it's weird because a ninety-six isn't even all that good. It's very good. Most people never break a hundred. Yeah, it's you know I got I got the new putter. It felt great in hand. Now is this but, the penis putter? Yes, it is. <laughs> I would love to buy one of those. <laughs> No, it played a clear creek local course here, uh, and it it is a very tough course. But they say it's the toughest one around here for sure. And you know what's weird is I was I was hitting my iron so good, and I'm usually better with my driver, but I could not hit my driver to save my life. I was saving myself. Yeah, I was saving myself with clubs that I usually can't even hit. Yeah. Got a new 56 degree wedge too. That it made me so much like. And if you're getting into golf like I am. Take my word for it. Get the clubs that that you need because having the right club for the right situation is important. It's it makes such a huge difference. Yeah. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. But no, we uh we 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 had a really good time. Ashley went with me. She drove me around on the golf cart. She doesn't she doesn't play much. She'll putt for me every now and then. But it was a good time. It was a good time. And speaking of shanking, I really got to say, they've got this putter cover. It says, I will not three putt on it. Yeah. And I want it so bad, but it's only for a blade putter. So 
Shank at Golf, if you're listening, if you could make one for the, the rest of the putters. Yeah, make one for a mallet. I would for sure, yeah. yeah. I would for sure buy the thing. Yeah, absolutely. You got a Scotty Cameron putter, don't you? And I've got a uh, – uh, shit. <laughs> you wouldn't ask me. I could have told you. Yeah, I've got the same thing on all my, all my golf stuff. Okay. Uh, Taylor made. Taylor made, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I've got the uh, Taylor made spider. Okay. Gotcha. The only spider I'll have near me. Maybe <laughs> one day we can get big enough where we can have a foul language like charity golf event. Yeah. Invite yeah. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Josh Allen, yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes, Steph, Steph Curry, Curry, Tom Brady, yeah. Tony, Tony Romo, Pat McAfee. Yeah. 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 All those guys. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mark McCarthy. Absolutely. He ain't ever gonna let that go. <laughs> no, well I tried I tried to tell you. We we watched the fights Saturday night. Yeah. And we went to pick Marvin up, his dad. You know Marvin, obviously. I've met Marvin. Well, I just let people know that Marvin is Gage's dad. Now uh we went to pick him up and we were on the way back and we got to talking about the Cowboys. You know, Marvin's a, a diehard Cowboys fan. So we actually tried to call I you what that's like. It must suck, honestly. <laughs> I don't know, but I imagine something similar to being a Tennessee fan. So I can, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's Marvin, a Tennessee he is fan. Also, he's I think a, he just yeah. hates himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's he's uh, a blood for punishment. But we were, we were on the way back to to Gage's house, and we we tried to call you so we could talk a little bit of shit about Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Do we have a voicemail, by the way? I think my voicemails are full. Well, we didn't know because I hit the end call button, but it didn't actually end right away. Let me, let me, let me. I'm gonna go on a mini rant here, okay? Hell yeah. You know, the reason I didn't answer when you guys called is because fucking weathermen need to do their damn jobs better. Okay, if there's two two like areas in this world that people need to do better, it's strippers and weathermen. Okay, because I'm telling you, like, weatherman will say, oh, it's going to be clear. You ain't going to fucking worry about it. And then it's snowing in Tucson, Arizona. I mean, who the hell thought of that? You know, she sits on you a little wrong. She gets your balls all twisted up, and you're getting surgery going. Like, do do a little bit better. Right. I had this buddy went to a strip club one time. I'm not going to drop any names. He went to this strip club with a plan, okay? He's like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to find the fattest stripper there because when she gives me a lap dance, I'm going to be able to feel it more. And I was like, okay, that's a little bit of a weird, weird thing. So he goes and gets a lap dance from her. Dude, when we, get, when we leave and go – back to the car his pants stunk so bad that we had to we made him take them off and throw them in the dumpster before he get in the car like his pants smelled like ass it was all say this up there with the knoxville story right yeah there. so i'm just saying weatherman quit fucking me up making my wigs bad and strippers quit stinking up my buddy's pants i don't have any need to go to a strip club anymore but i'm just saying like do better, people. Let's just fucking do better here, okay? Yeah, you, know, you know what aggravates me about weather, man, is that, all right, they'll say, you know, 5% chance of rain. What actually means is there's 5% area. It's a 100% yeah. chance in 5% area. Right. But they don't tell you where that 5% is. So you might think, yeah. oh, 5%, I'm in the clear, but you could be in that 5%. It's a 100% chance you're getting rain on yeah. that. You know what sucks is when that 5% is in the area that your plans are in that yeah. day. You're like, oh, let's go to Johnson City. Yeah, what are the odds, right? So what the 5%, 5% moves, moves yeah. right? What yeah. moves across yeah. the entire area? And it's like, you have these, a piece you of shit. Have these, yeah, and that dude, you think he's got, I mean, you know he was bald at one point. Right? Those like are he, plugs? Those are plugs, obviously plugs. 
But here's what I'm saying. Like, you have this giant-ass storm coming across the country, okay? And most of the time it blows from west to east, okay? How can you not know? I mean, I can look at it and see where it's going to snow, but they can't. It's stupid. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. There's there's a lot of emotions flying around in here right now. We got a lot going on. I got, got, a, I got a little high blood pressure, so I'm trying not to get so worked up anymore. Like mm-hmm. what it is is honestly, you know, without Bill, what Bill Paxton. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, we're not chasing them, chasing them storms anymore. One you know, they're making a second one of those. It's they're called right? Twisters. Mm. Yeah, is it gonna have Kevin Bacon in it? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't if know. If not, it's missing again. Well, you know, Kevin Bacon Bill was Paxton. in the first Twister. No, he no, wasn't. Who am I Bill Paxton. Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton. And then and, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. he's dead. Bill Paxton's dead. Helen Hunt's basically dead. What's, I'm thinking of Tremors. Why am I thinking of Tremors? Tremors is fantastic. Yeah, Tremors is fantastic. Joe Dirt's daddy is Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're down, look at a corner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Talking to my man all wrong. It's from wrong tone. tone. You do it again. I'll stab you in the face. face with a soldering knife. So that that makes me think. Christopher Walken always makes me think of the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. It brings me to shout out to Wayne Taylor. Yes. Did sent you see that? sent me a picture this week. Sent it to us in the group chat. Dave Grohl and where where what he was at? It uh, was in it was in California where they got the snow where they're not used to it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he he's yeah. out there with his his traders or whatever, yeah. smoking all kinds of meat, serving people. That's a great for dude. free, and he for didn't free. even tell anybody he was going. He just done it. He just loves. That's an awesome meat. dude, man. He is an awesome dude. We've seen him twice. You know, I'm gonna see him again in a couple. Sometimes months. I think about how they close their show where Everlong. He's like, we don't say goodbye. We just do this, and then they go right into Everlong. Dude, it's it's, it's awesome. gonna be so yeah. sad now. I wanna, I wanna ask you a question with Taylor being dead. It's gonna be controversial. Okay. All right. Do you think that they would have been as successful if Kurt Cobain had killed himself? I don't know if he had stayed the lead. Yeah, because you know all the Foo Fighters, the original, right? Well, Foo Fighters, after he died, Dave Grohl created the Foo Fighters. But basically, it's all the same original members, right? Well, it's basically just Dave Grohl and Pat Smear. Yeah. Dave Grohl was the drummer for Nirvana, and Pat was the on and off bassist. Yeah, but do you think Nirvana would have been as successful as the Foo Fighters is? Nirvana had, in my opinion, had Kurt Cobain not died, Nirvana could have been the biggest band ever. That's where they were headed. I like, the Beatles, yes. like the Beatles. That's a good that's a good example. I kinda almost think that Nirvana is more successful than the Foo Fighters with the what three, four albums that they but the longevity that the Foo Fighters have right. had. Now. But commercial commercial relevance and commercial success. If, I, I feel like Nirvana's name alone is is more than the Foo Fighters. If you took personally. away the Nevermind album. Which is one of the greatest albums ever made. Absolutely. Okay. If you took that album away from Nirvana, they had some good music. They did, but that was like their staple, right? I mean, that's what put them on the map. And I think had we got, and who knows what his mental health was. I mean, it was obviously bad and maybe they break up or maybe, maybe he gets help or it could be a Lane Staley type of thing. I don't know. But I think had they kept going, Yes, they are the biggest band maybe of all time. I said the same thing about Guns N' Roses. If Axl Rose wasn't such an ass, Guns N' Roses probably would be the biggest commercially successful band of all time. But Nirvana 
I think what Dave Grohl has done since then is better than what the little bit of Nirvana that we got. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, what's crazy about the whole situation is he's made money from both. <laughs> he's still <laughs> making money yeah. from both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Kurt Cobain's guitar, his daughter just sold his guitar recently. Did yeah, you see it? Sold for like $1.4 million, dollars, I Ooh. think. Yeah. One micro guitar. It was yeah. the guitar that he used on the MTV Unplugged. Yes. Yes. And his sweater, his sweater sold. They sold his sweater. I think his glasses, maybe. Yeah, the sweater sold for like three hundred grand, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that that brings up a good topic while we're talking about music. The MTV Unplugged albums. What's the best one of all time? It's Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam then Nirvana. That's my opinion, and then Alice in Chains. Those are my top three. You reckon these people ever go home and like, I just did this. I want to wash these clothes now, and while they're washing their clothes, they're thinking. Yeah, sweatshirt's gonna be worth one point four million dollars one day. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should probably run it on an extra yeah. side because yeah. that's right. You know what? I'm gonna keep this pen right here just in case for the rest of my life. <laughs> run some vinegar in this load to soften it up. Yeah. Keep there that you go. <laughs> what's what's crazy about it is is that I've saw uh Nirvana is really the only grunge band that I've never Saw. Yeah, we've seen Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. We never saw Soundgarden. Never we were Soundgarden. we were what eleven days from seeing Soundgarden when Sound. Chris Cornell killed himself. Yeah, and just throwing this out there since we're on music and we're getting the sports, I promise. But um, what did you think about the released uh, oh, Lincoln Park song? I kind of love it. Yeah, have you heard it? I know they got released. It's fantastic. It made me. It made me super sad, though. I was telling him the other night, listening to Lincoln Park now is hard. It is hard. They yeah. were such a huge band for my childhood because y'all listened to them, and I listened to whatever y'all listened to. Yeah. So I like I have fond memories. You know, traveling back from football games, listening to those CD players, mm-hmm. listening to uh. Um, hybrid theory. Hybrid theory. Yeah. Metora. Metora right. They're such a big part of my. You know, they're just. It's one of those bands. One of my favorites of all time. It's hard to. It's hard to hear, and especially you know that Chester was such a good person, and he done so much for for people, kids, and everything. And knowing that it's like Robin Williams. I see Robin Williams now. I get sad. Right. You know, it's like these people brought so much joy to my life and they were so messed up inside. And you just don't know. You wish you could have gave the same feeling to them yeah, that they exactly. gave to you. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Before we get too heavy, let's get to a break and let's get back with some sports talk. We got a lot to talk about. Sounds, Sounds good. good. This episode of the Foul Language Podcast is Brought to you by Blowout Cards. Guys, this card shop is incredible. If you're into trading cards, sports cards, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Garbage Pail Kids, it doesn't matter what you like. Check out BlowoutCards.com for all of your trading card needs. Welcome back from the break to the Foul Language Podcast. Gage. Well, we got a lot to talk about in the world, this obviously. He's just getting right into it. <laughs> this is sparring with Gage. <laughs> well, one of the uh, biggest fights of the year happened this weekend with Jones versus uh, Gone, and it went the exact way I told you it would. It did. And... But we'll get to that. We're going to start out with the beginning of the main card. 
Bo Nickel made his debut in the UFC against Jamie Pickett, and wow. I mean, two minutes and 54 seconds. Four and oh now, and you, you're three and oh going into this fight, and you're making your UFC debut on a pay per view. That is just crazy. He said he started fighting a year and a half ago. Yeah, or yeah, started training a year and a half ago. Like yeah, got, got into yeah. jujitsu. But keep in mind, this yeah. man is Division One champion wrestler from Penn State. Yeah, he State, was yeah. unbelievable. But with that said, I told you there was a low blow. Down no, no, there when was. He that, when he got that takedown, I said, it looked like he hit him in the nuts right before that takedown. Yeah. And sure enough, Jane Pickett came out and was wanting to get the decision overturned. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it would have made a difference. But at the same time, Dude's three and zero. So can you? I mean, Pickett was actually doing a decent job stopping the the takedowns before this. He was. Yeah. So I would I would like to see him run it back. You think so? But I, I think it's it'd be a good fight. I think Jamie Pickett deserves it. I mean, honestly, it was a low blow that got missed. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was going to be a good fight for mm-hmm. sure. I just feel like Bo Nichols got that whatever. Now maybe the lack of experience as he climbs will get to him. But right now the dude's on fire. Oh yeah, for sure. Without I mean, he is by far the uh, one of the hottest commodities in the UFC right now, for which sure. is hilarious because he's a brand new. But right. that being said, I, like I said, I would like to see him run it back. I do think the uh, the low blow made the uh, the swing in in Nichols' favor because up to that point, like I said, Pickett was doing a great job holding off the takedowns. So, you know, would he have eventually got this? Probably, but we don't know. Right. I would have liked to have seen more of it. Right. I agree. I agree. In the in the rematch, who are you taking? Probably Nickel still. Yeah. I agree. The dude, he's like uh what was the kicker's name in the replacements? He's Wyatty. Nigel. Yeah, Nigel. Nigel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then our uh, second fight we had Mateus Gamrot versus Jalen Turner. It was a good fight. Uh you know, Gamrot he implemented his game plan, did a good job, end up getting a decision. I'll be honest, Jalen Turner dominated the first round, yeah. round and a half. Well, and you know, when they first started, I thought Turner was getting whooped. Yeah. You know, for especially being somebody so tall, wasn't using his range well, but Gamrod made the adjustments. And- right. It was. He he really turned it around and it happened so quick. Mm-hmm. When when Gamrod started to to take off, I mean it was it wasn't long and it was his fight. And I think this was the first fight that was uh where the ref, or the first fight on this card, we noticed the rest were uh, getting involved a lot more than usual. Yeah, what was that? Got them off that? the uh, the fence. That was, I don't know, I didn't like that at all. You know, Gamrot was working. A, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. That was bullshit. But, yeah, you know, that was the first one was Gamrot had him against the cage, and they were like, all right, to the middle. You know, if the dude's working and actively trying stuff, you can't just sit there because it's not exciting enough for you. I don't right. give a shit. This isn't boxing. You know, if and we'll get to the the Shechenko fight, but still, you know, unless they've been standing there and doing nothing, just hugging each other for, you know, two minutes, I, I think it's bullshit. The ref does not need to be involved. The ref is there to enforce the rules and to step in when absolutely necessary. Other than that, they should not have an impact on the fight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it was uh, it was definitely a bad decision. You, you, it didn't make any sense. We were, we were blown away when it happened. Yeah. I mean, it's just – like I said, the refs do not need to be involved more than they absolutely have to, in my opinion. They're for the fighter's safety and to make sure the rules are followed. Outside of that, they need to just back off. I agree. Uh, third fight was Jeff Neal versus uh, Shavkat Rocknavov. Wow, that was a fight. And uh, let me just start off by saying, 
UFC commentators need to do a better job of being less biased. They were because my god, it was so like I Jeff Neal would sit there and land a fucking haymaker, and they'd be like, uh, Neal landed a shot. Look at Rotmanov. Oh, he landed a kick. It was like they were so hard on yeah. Rotmanov. I don't know what was going on. He, was yeah, that Joe Rogan? Uh, yeah, Rogan, Rogan and, Rogan and really, yeah, yeah, DC. And, and yeah, I mean Jeff Neal would land a beautiful shot right mm-hmm. to the face. Can you believe the 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 bounce they took it on the chin, you know, like yeah, I mean, was it great about yeah. knocking out like oh the durability of this guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever Neil's been sitting there taking fucking shots all fight long, nobody talks about that. Yeah. And they're sitting there going, Oh, the hardcore fan knows the Rotmanov's the guy they need to be watching. It's like fuck off, man. I I want to watch this fight. I don't sit here and you know listen to you get off on how awesome Rotmanov is. Right. With that being said, though, the dude is is a good fighter for very sure. Very good. Uh, it went all five rounds, I believe, didn't it? Yeah, uh, three. Three, yes, sorry. Three rounds, and the third round, he got on the submission. Yep. And then just dropped the dude. Freaking got him in a triangle, like a standing rear naked choke, and then just let Neil go, and Neil flopped to the ground and walked off. It was it was intense. He was uh, – was – were they both ranked in this fight? I can't. Yeah, remember. I believe Neil was ranked uh, seventh, maybe, and Rotmanov was tenth or something like that. Neil was ranked ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. Do you think uh, he said he wanted a top five fight, didn't he? Or he, he did he call out Usman? He said something about Usman. The translator basically just said, "Skip." Yeah, all he that. just kind of yeah. blew it off. Didn't yeah, he? You heard him say Usman, but then the translator just said he wanted a, a top fight you know, yeah. against their champion. But honestly, Rotmanov's good. I don't think he's going to be champion. Right now, no, anyway, not, not, but he is very good. Point. He is very good. Shows a whole lot of promise, though, mm-hmm, for sure. That's and good. I think Neil can come back. I mean, Neil showed a lot of heart, good chin. He, I feel really bad for what he went through with uh, the medical issues. He about died of sepsis. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would. I think they're both fighters to watch. I think they both have a, a long way ahead of them. Absolutely. Know? Well, I, I had Neil picked going into this fight because you know, I, I watched him fight before and I I like Jack now I think he's a good dude uh he's he's definitely a very good fighter he's fun to watch I had Rotmanov picked but I was pulling for Neil yeah. I do I do like Neil more yeah. but you know uh then the co-main event was Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso my god insane. what an upset insane it was uh, you know honestly Grosso was doing a great job on the striking. I mean, I don't know if I'd say she was doing enough to win, but she was definitely causing Valentina some issues. Absolutely. And it was obvious because Valentina started going for the takedowns. The second round was basically a complete clinic on takedowns. I mean, Valentina would take her down at will. But then we get to the uh, decision whenever she took her down, was throwing shots, actively throwing shots, and the ref stood him up. You know, even Joe Rogan was furious about it. It's the most bullshit call I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You sit there and you work for a takedown. You've got them down and you are actively doing damage. And what? Because you're not trying to advance your position? You don't need to. If I'm landing shots on you from your guard, why do I need to try to pass your guard? I'm doing damage where I want. Is it going to finish the fight? Probably not. But it's, I'm winning. I'm right. doing stuff to win. I'm not just sitting there holding the position down and praying you don't get up. I'm not laying and praying. I'm actively doing damage to you. And I mean, it was literally what? Like Five seconds between their last punch whenever they stood them up. Yeah. And yeah. Valentina looked up, was like, what? Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, it didn't It didn't cause anything to how the fight finished because Shevchenko was going to do that spinning kick, and she got caught for something that, you know, Grosso it had been training for. And, and like I've said before on the show, I believe, 
when you're the champion, everybody is analyzing your game plan. Everybody is building off the last fighter. You got to think, if I'm fighting you and you've got my footage to watch, that's fine, but it's a bunch of people who mean nothing, right? But when you're the champion, everybody is studying you and looking for a hole in your game plan. And then that person studies you and comes in and they give the next person more footage to watch. So they're building off that, right? So it gets harder every fight if they do their homework. Right. And this is a perfect example. Grosso watched, I think, uh, Valentina said she, I think she said she was in high school or was that uh, Blanchfield? By the way, watching it for years and knew that she was going to throw that spin and kick and was ready and she did. And my God, that that choke, that was outstanding. It was, I mean, it's happened so fast. It was. And congratulations to Alexa Grosso, the third Mexican champion right now. Wow. There's three of them. Yep. Tammy Luan was the interim was, champion. Uh, Moreno. Uh, the Grosso guy and and uh, the guy we watched uh, last weekend won the Aaron title that's in Volkov spot. Oh yes. Um, oh man, his great name buddy. I can't think of his name either. But all of them, you know, congratulations. A lot of, a lot of stuff brewing in Mexico. Oh yeah, they're building a, a performance institute down there too. Really? So they should have a lot more talent come out in Mexico in the future that's as well. Awesome. Yeah. And then we get to the main event. John Jones. It took two minutes and four seconds for him to prove that he's the greatest fighter that ever. Man handled. <laughs> Cyril gone, man held him. I mean, starts out with a shot straight to the nuts for, for Jones, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, honestly, he implemented his game plan. He looked, he looked good. You know, he's throwing strikes, using his distance, had longer reach than Gone was making it obvious. Gone, I don't think landed one significant stride outside of the uh, the nut shot, and then you know got his back and just threw him down. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't even a great takedown. It was just. I don't know. I mean, you, you did not expect to see Gong get manhandled like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Is it just me, too, or is, like, physically, this is the best John Jones has ever looked? At well, this size. Well, he's not, not looked, but performed. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I think seeing the pictures of him from, you know, his last fight to this fight, he was he's put on a lot of weight. He's got right? a little bit of a dad bob. But yeah. with that said, I don't know what it is exactly because the dude don't have huge arms or huge legs or anything, but the dude is so big in that ring. When he was walking, moving around, he looked massive. Massive. I mean, he looked bigger than Gone. Gone's more ripped for sure, but he looked bigger than Gone. Yeah. And he was, I think, a pound, but still. Yeah. It, he, it just – it's incredible. I mean, a double champion. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about him calling out Stipe? I'm excited to see it. It's going to be a great fight. It'll be a great fight. I mean, honestly, if he beats Stipe, who do you say is a legitimate threat? I mean, outside of the the Russian, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of the guy. Massive knockout power, big dude. By the way, I mean, Gone ran through uh, the guy that drinks out of a shoe. I can't think of the yeah. name. Oh, oh uh, man, yeah. You ever seen that? <laughs> no. Yeah, he'll he'll grab he'll grab a fan's shoe. And uh, fill it with beer and drink out of it. Just some dude standing the, there. Uh, it's the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. But it's hilarious. I was thinking of the the nursery rhyme. There once was a man from Peru <laughs> who dreamed he was eating a shoe. Uh, two time awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but you know, Stipe beat Nagano, and they got beat by Nagano. They only had two fights. I always thought it was bullshit. They didn't get an immediate rematch. I mean, he won the first one, lost the second one. How do you not give the guy who had the most heavyweight defenses? A chance to get his title back, but they didn't because you know they did, did anyway. You, did you guys see the video that came out in the post fight interview? Uh, 
where he's called a big old pussy. Yeah, well, Francis yeah. Ngannou uh, <laughs> sent out a tweet. It was like, uh, congrats, Johnny Boy, sincerely, the, the king heavyweight of heavyweights king. Yeah. or heavyweight king. And they asked John Jones about it, and he was like, I think Francis is nothing but a big old pussy. <laughs> I'll be honest. You know, I, I completely agree with Francis leaving the FC for what he did. You know, they offered him all this money. He said no. I've got. I want fighter representation. I want these things. I want health insurance. If I can't get that, I'm leaving because I don't want to be, you know, a uh, a poser or whatever, a hypocrite. Right. But that being said, Ningano had one top defense. Everybody acts like the fact that he beat Gone instead of Nagano was this huge loss. But honestly, Ningano beat Gone by unanimous decision. And then beat Stipe, I think, by decision, didn't he? I think so. Or was, yeah. not, was a knockout or decision? Either way, he had two fights that he won. They were big. Yeah, he beat a lot of other people, but he also got beat by Derek Lewis, if I recall. Right. Was it, was it Lewis? It was. Yeah. So it's not like he was just like this unstoppable force that had never been beaten. He got beat a few times. So don't sit there and act like, you know, well, if John can't beat Nangano, that he'll never be able to, you know, cement his legacy. Bullshit. Right. You know, he beat Gone. If he beats Stipe, and then beats maybe two or three other contenders. He'll have, all it takes is him defending that belt four times, and he will defend it as tied for the most heavyweight defend, uh, tile defenses in history. He does five. He's got the record. He already has the record for most tile defenses. He just beat it for GSP. It was 11. It was 11. <clears throat> he just took it from GSP. Most title fights ever was 14. And then with this, he would also have the most title defenses at heavyweight. If you got those kind of records, there's no – I don't care no how much question. of a Johnny Bones Jones hater you are, which, by the way, apparently his original nickname was Textual Chocolate. Thank God that didn't <laughs> off. <laughs> he came out on the interview and said that this week. But how can you argue against the guy? No, you can't. There, There is no argument. There's no argument against him right now. No, and everybody's like, oh, he's a cheater. He's a cheater. All right, bullshit. He hasn't beat the USA, USDA or whatever. Especially with these new rules. When he when he did get caught, it was for a picogram. Right. A fucking picogram. Okay. Well, he I, wouldn't have been punished with the new rules. With the right? new rules, exactly. And everybody's like, well, he got beat one time. It was a DQ loss to Matt Hamill because he had a 12 to 6 elbow. Don't give me that bullshit. Right. He was destroying Hamill. Okay. <clears throat> I just don't see how you could argue that he's the greatest to ever do it. Right. I don't. I mean, people went up the weight class, but nobody's dominated weight class and went up like that. Right. It, it's. <sighs> There's really no words to explain like what what you're witnessing, you know. It's it's sheer greatness. It's Tom Brady level greatness. It's you know? it's Michael Jordan, right, of of MMA. Right. right. It's Tiger Woods of mixed martial arts. Yes. Okay. I mean, the man can do it. And you gotta think. Not only is he doing it, he's doing it with the most god awful shitty ass outside of the ring life ever. I mean. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the dude can't quit partying to save his life. Well, you remember when was it that he got uh, got in trouble for that? Was it a hit and run DUI or whatever? Twenty out, twenty out or twenty nineteen. Yeah. Do you remember when that happened? Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. Like he he's been in a lot of a lot of trouble. He and he but he doesn't seem like a bad dude, really. You know, he's bad decisions. Yeah, makes very bad decisions. My my thing is is that if he can do all this. And he doesn't take his his training and himself seriously, more seriously in a way, right? Because, I mean, you can't party that much and really take it seriously, right? Right. So he can cruise on all this with natural talent. What does that say? Imagine if he – But now he is saying that he he does seem to be in a different headspace from what I've seen. Yeah. If he stays out of trouble for a year or two, 
I'll believe him. But he says that he's taking this very seriously, especially the Stipe fight. He says he's never fought a goat. He is so motivated to fight a goat, right? Because he considers Stipe the greatest heavyweight to ever do it. So if we get a Jones who is 100% dedicated and uses that natural talent, the sky's the limit. I mean, the man's only 33 years old. I mean, fucking Randy Couture didn't even start fighting until he was 38. Okay? So, I mean, that's that. I did not know that. That's insane. It is. Uh, it, it's, it's did wild. you know that? No. That's no. insane. So you don't think that the age factors in as much as it does in other sports? It's in different game. weight classes. Different, different weight classes have different ceilings. I, I don't know what it is. Lighter weights will, what's the word, peter out when they're younger than heavier weights. A heavyweight will actually usually not reach his prime until his mid-30s. Do you, th- do you think it's because lighter weight people are not not that they're more athletic but they're capable of more athletic movement than probably like heavyweight guys probably i mean you, you gotta think a heavyweight they get in their swing and one shot and they're knocked out lightweight oh, yeah. they're gonna take a bunch of fucking shots yeah. i mean they're i mean yeah knockout's bad but what's worse than getting knocked out is getting hit 20 times in a row and not getting knocked out because right. you're still taking damage yeah, no, it, it's 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 incredible. Uh, he does. He seems like he was super upbeat the whole time yeah. coming out. He was upbeat after the fight, you know, dancing the whole part where he was like, "I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ." That <laughs> cracked me up. Like he was just he was he was in a great mood. He he seemed like he was in a better place. Like he seemed genuinely happy to be back. You know, and all these people saying this fight was fixed. That fight was not fixed. Gone was never a good grappler. Did you Freaking, see the look on his face? Oh, yeah. And then Gano <laughs> out-grappled him with a hurt knee. Right. Okay? So, Gano has never been a good grappler. All right? So, John took him down. And they were talking about the choke not being tight. That thing was fucking tight. No one was tight. But he adjusted and dropped his weight down because he was going to try to slide out. When he dropped down, that's when the choke got in. And anybody that's ever trained, when your upper body, like especially like your shoulders up, or pushed up against the fence and somebody's going for a choke, it's way worse. Right. Well, you remember when it first happened, I, I looked at you and I was like, that didn't even look like it was that mm-hmm. tight. And then they replayed it from the different angle and he was under there. I mean, it one that's not as a Grosso choke. Did you see her face? That was insane. Like yes. the whole part of her face and neck where her arm, where she was getting choked, there was no blood there. It was white. Like Everything white. else was red. It was insane, man. It was it was a hell of a choke. It was a hell of a choke. Coming up, Gage, 286, the rematch. Edwards and Usman. I'm gonna go with Usman. Honestly, he was he was dominating Edwards the first he dominated Edwards the first fight, was dominating in the second fight, took his foot off the gas, got knocked out. It happens. I think he doesn't make the same mistake and completely destroys Edwards in the third. I agree. Although Edwards will have a hometown advantage being in, in England London. in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one for sure. I, I, have, so. uh, I have a question. Did you? What did you all think about the Jake Gyllenhaal thing? I think it's really cool. Yeah, I want to know what was up with the chick rubbing Conor McGregor's nipple. On I didn't camera. see that. Uh-uh. Did you see where it panned over to when they were showing the people in the crowd that was Conor McGregor and Jake Gyllenhaal? Like he was setting? part of the movie. Or part of the shoot, he's gonna be in the movie. From honest, he, is he? He's in the movie, but this was during the at during the John Jones fight. Oh, okay. Well, well, let's not act like Conor McGregor ain't going out and getting some anyway off people that aren't DD. I think your name's that, right. yeah, that's name. true. That is D Devlin, DD Devlin, maybe is there. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, 
I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, he was in good shape, man. Well, he's always ripped his yeah. fight moves. That southpaw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming this is going to be a UFC. Well, movie. if you remember, is that it's Roadhouse. Really? really? Yeah. And if you remember, oh, I didn't know. That. If you remember, Dalton was a professional fighter in the movie. Oh, so they're going to explore into that. The I UFC didn't, I didn't that know that exists. Was. That's yeah. cool. The UFC didn't exist when Roadhouse came out, so no, now cool. there's an actual story. Is UFC so now I guess it would have been I mean, picture Swayze. I just don't know that he would have been able to handle himself that well in the, <laughs> in the, uh, in the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is going to play uh, Sam Elliott's part? I think they are now. I mean, Sam Elliott. I hope he could. He could. Yeah. He still he looks. Could. He's still yeah. as hot as he was. So I didn't day. know that it was actually a Roadhouse. Yeah, it's a Roadhouse yeah. remake. Yeah. Conor McGregor's. There's a bunch of uh, ex fighters in it. Huh. That's Conor crazy. McGregor looks strange, though. He does, with the with the beard shaved and stuff. I don't I don't care for yeah. it. Do you think that he's you know, he's got some issues? Partying too hard, probably. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What I mean, was what was talk his... about somebody don't make good decisions? Yeah. What was Sam Elliott's name in that movie? He caught everybody chemo style. Yeah, Sam Elliott Roadhouse. I can't remember. It was the coolest. That's one of the coolest roles um, in a movie Garrett, ever. Wade Garrett. Wade Garrett. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool that's name. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look at the IMDb. I hope I look as good as he did in that movie when I'm that age. Yeah, me too. I wish I looked as good as he does now. Yeah. yeah. Did you know he can levitate? <laughs> uh, they they apparently haven't announced the uh, names on all the characters, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, oh, so Billy Magnus is gonna be in it. Or uh, Magnuson. Looking forward to it. New Roadhouse. But, uh, yeah, that wraps up uh, Sparring with Gage. I got covers all the MMA news. I've got it anyway. Well, that'll work. That'll oh, work. One more thing. thing. Uh, Jake Paul lost Tommy Fury. We he, did. We, we, he did. He did. Uh, you know, he said he lost that fight and still made $30 million. I wish I could do anything and make $30 million. I, I wish was, I could do anything and make a million. You think it was the Drake curse? It, it's possible. Yeah. Is, well, he Drake, Drake, Drake on bet on John Jones. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. He he hit like a three hundred thousand dollar bet. But he bet four hundred thousand on Jake Paul. I think so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Jake Paul. He 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 handled it very well. I mean, he's still cocky, but he lost, and he knows that he lost. Congratulations yeah. to lost to guys been doing it yeah. since he's five years old. Yeah, yeah, legit fighter. Like this was a real fight. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Tommy Fury's not he's not a great classic. boxer. You know, he's he's not his brother. He's Probably a C-list boxer. But either way, this is the first legitimate professional fighter right. that Paul's fought. Right. And, and I mean, it was a good fight. I, I didn't get to watch it. I didn't pay for it. But I watched highlights and everything. And it seemed like a very good fight. They said it was close. Yeah. I mean, he got, he got boxed by a lot. But yeah, it, it seemed back and forth. It, it begs the question real fast. Where does the money from boxing come from? Is it all gambling, mostly? You think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's how can question. you lose and make thirty million dollars from a boxing match? That that sponsors, gambling, pay per views. There's yeah. well, I mean, is there that much pay per view money? Do you think for boxing? That's a lot. I mean, how how much is that fight? Uh, the the boxing matches are a hundred bucks. Hmm. Wow. Well, you gotta think, hundred bucks, a couple million people. Yeah. That's a shit ton of money. It is. It just it strikes me. I guess just boxing is it's not really something that. 
is in the forefront of sports fans, but it's always been there. You know, they see that's where Jake Paul's got this thing. He's got all these yeah. people off YouTube and everything behind his fights too. True, right. off his uh, fan base. Right. So he's not just hitting all. The, I mean, as a matter of fact, he's probably not hitting any of the actual boxing fan base. Yeah. He's hitting his own, but he's got enough of a following to make up for it. Well, that brings that begs the question: something we haven't really talked about a whole lot on this show. Who is the best boxer of all time? Is it Ali? Is it Tyson? Honestly. Tyson Fury is just such a good fighter. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ali was revolutionary. There's nobody in Ali's time that was anywhere close to him. But you put Muhammad Ali against Tyson Fury, and I don't think Muhammad Ali wins that fight. Well, the Gypsy King is six foot eight. He's massive. What is he? And he's got a head movement like freaking crazy. He's so fast. It's yeah. unreal. Watching Tyson Fury fight like that's because I. I I can remember watching boxing, you know, back in the early 2000s. I've watched Manny Pacquiao fight. I've watched Floyd Mayweather fight. But, you know, a lot of people say, and I didn't get to witness it. I don't know if you all did, but they say watching Mike Tyson fight was a whole nother animal. I've, I've watched a few Tyson fights. You know, they say, like, you know, what I love is the fact they've asked Tyson if he could beat Mahoney. And he said, no, Mahoney beat me. And they asked Tyson Fury, could you beat Mike Tyson? No, Mike Tyson beat me. In my opinion, I don't know that Tyson could have beat Muhammad Ali because George Frazier, I think it was George, right? Frazier, either way, Frazier or Joe Frazier, I'm sorry. I'm getting him with uh, George Foreman. Uh, But Frazier had freaking knockout power from hell. And I think he did beat Ali once, but Ali still was able to come back and whoop him. But as far as Mike Tyson and Tyson Fury, that size difference, man, I mean, Tyson Fury is just so freaking big. Mike Tyson's way bigger now than he was in his prime. But he's also only 5'11". Is he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was always very short for a heavyweight. What's the story behind that? His his manager, his agent, Don kind King, of, Don King, King kind of America. screwed he him was, He was not a good person. No. He, he ruined boxing for a long time. If you, need to, if you ever really went and looked at Mike Tyson's life, it's sad. It said how much people took advantage of Mike Tyson. Yeah, he is the really is. the Colonel Parker of the Mike Tyson yeah. story. Yeah, and uh, the money, and I don't want to get into this, but people people really took advantage of him, and he just wasn't a very intelligent human being, and mm-hmm. that allowed, like, it's facilitated people to be able to take advantage of him the way they did. Right? Didn't they come out recently? Somebody had a book. They said that he, they had uh, that Mike Tyson had to have sex right before every match. Yeah. And the reason he did was he said that he was really afraid he's going to kill somebody, so he had to have sex before the match to calm down because he's afraid he's going to kill somebody. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. That's ins- that's funny. The guy's you know? job was to find a girl, and he said it, he didn't matter who it was, he'd find a girl. You know, somebody on the the roadies or somebody there in the audience, whatever it was, take them back, and Michael bang them in the. Thing he said, only take a minute or two, they'd be out there fight. That's insane. That, that makes me think of something that'll take us right into to football. I seen a video. Um, they were talking about Joe Burrow, and it was his high school coach who was also a psychology professor, I believe, at uh, the University of Ohio. And he was talking, they done, he was such a good athlete and he was so calm in high school. It was unbelievable. They talked about how good he was and everything. So they, the, the guy said that they, they done a test on him. And basically he has the same traits as serial offenders and um, 
at like thrill seekers, basically. Yeah. That his blood pressure doesn't change no matter the situation that he's in. So he's like Hannibal Lecter when he ate that woman's uh, tongue out of her head. And his blood <laughs> pressure never got over like right. no, no, no. his heart rate never rose like above eighty. Right. <laughs> so that that just he's a, he's is a stone cold killer. Yeah. Joe Burrow. Joe Cool. That's why they call him Joe Cool. It's insane. It's insane. He had he had a pretty good college career. Decent. He done okay. <laughs> Had a pretty good college career. He's done okay in the NFL so yeah. far too. Yeah, yeah, he's been decent. But I'm excited to see what some of these new prospects are going to bring to the Absolutely. league. It's going to be very interesting. Fresh off the NFL combine, Alex drinking a margarita. It's a Stanley margarita. It's, it's stout. Aramon tequila. It's Aramon. stout. It's good. Delicious. It is. I'm delicious. just sipping on it. I'm. Yeah. I'm just looking to get that little bit of a mellow. But let's get right into the combine. Okay. So, first thing I would like to say is that Rich Eisen is getting slower. Yeah. Yeah. What did he run this year? It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. He was doing good for a little while. He always has the, the best cleats, though. Best shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was good. Um, but where you want, where you want to start? Let's start with the quarterbacks. Let's let's Anthony start with Richardson. Oh, yeah. Let's just get right into it's it. The dude that's getting all the hype, and he should. I mean, he set the record for quarterbacks for what the forty, the vertical. Was that it, or was there something he, else? He, he well, let's start from the beginning. He's six four, two hundred and forty five pounds, mm-hmm. massive, big guy, ten and a half inch hands, huge hands. Quarterback, let's get out of the way. Quarter. My quarterback comparison, and I'm just going strictly. Everybody was going to automatically compare him to Cam Newton, like we talked about, and which I, I like think is unfair. I, he's he's more accurate than Cam Newton is. Um, I, I I like a closer QB comparison to Ben Roethlisberger. If Ben Roethlisberger could move, maybe you could say Andrew Luck as well. Andrew Luck was a big body quarterback. But the, before before, because people are going to be thinking right now, probably this dude this dude's crazy. That this is he has some issues. He's he's Rough around the edges. He has some decision-making issues. Let's go ahead and say this right now, and you're going to disagree, and that's okay. The, In my opinion, the only two quarterbacks that are day one ready at this point are C.J. Stroud and Will Levis. The rest of the quarterbacks that we're going to talk about are not, in my opinion, should be day one starters. Now, I think some of them are going to get thrown in there, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be a good thing for all of them. Um, if you if you wanted to say just starting off the quarterbacks here and and Anthony Richardson who, uh, who has this type of explosiveness he's did you see the long balls that he threw I mean he's very he's accurate I agree the decision making when we saw in Florida is a problem um, but I think that overall this kid has got some stuff and if he went to the right team let's say he gets drafted by the Patriots. Okay, who could push Mac Jones step for a year? Say he gets drafted by, I don't know, the Packers, maybe somebody like that. That this kid can sit there, study the playbook, learn the playbook, and learn how to be a professional. I think there's some issues there too, but uh, I think he, the sky's the limit with this guy. And I, people are going to look at Trey Lance maybe as another QB comparison. I don't like that either. This guy's skill set is just different. When you watch him throw the football, it's fluid. He has he has a good movement. He has good footwork. Good, you know everything you like about this kid. I think it's going to take a year, 
but I think he could be a good piece for for the right team in the right situation. That that's the whole thing is is he's got to be put in the right situation, and and I agree with you a hundred percent. I think right now, if you're talking NFL readiness, and CJ Stroud's probably the best quarterback in this draft. I, I said. Uh, to my buddy Rob before the combine, I said because Rob doesn't, and we all don't like Ohio State, obviously. But fuck Rob, but Rob, fuck Ohio State. But Rob don't like Rob. Rob don't like him. And I said, don't be surprised if CJ Stroud don't go out here and put on a clinic, okay? And I'm talking the throwing, just the throwing part. I don't know that I've ever seen a quarterback throw the football that well at the combine. Now you can say like what Dan Campbell said. You see these guys out here in their in their pajamas. That's not how you judge a quarter or judge a football player. I agree with that, but I'm telling you, C.J. Stroud has got it. I think he's a good kid. Um, I think that if you said there's one aspect of his game that you would be worried about, it's coming from that offense into the NFL, where he's going to have to be under center. He's not going to be able to, you know, he's not going to be in shotgun every play. He's going to have to learn to be that type of quarterback and play from under center. That's one thing that I am a little iffy on him on. Every other part of this kid's game, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's, you know, never had injury concerns. I mean, I think the kid has got it. And I, he's day one ready. If he goes, if he goes to Houston, if he goes to, you know, Carolina, any of the teams in the NFC South, really, except for the Saints now, I mean, you could see him starting there. And um, I, I, I like everything about the kid. I really do. I didn't like him in Ohio State just because I don't like Ohio State, but I like C.J. Stroud. I really do. I'm looking forward to seeing. Him. So you, I, I agree, and and. I don't have to say it again. We don't like Ohio State. That's but pretty obvious by now. He's he's got something. He's got he he just he seems prepared and and he he's he has the he's, he's played enough games. He's more rounded than Justin Fields. Okay, he's more rounded than Lamar was coming into the league. He's got a complete game right now. And if you're talking about these quarterbacks that come from these systems. You look at Bryce Young, who plays in the pro-style system. C.J. Stroud is more – well, I mean, 5'11 for Bryce Young is – or 5'10 and a half, actually. That's rough. Okay, but you, you look at C.J. Stroud coming from a non-pro-style offense into what he's going to be going into, you still – I still like C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. That's just my opinion. I agree. I, I Personally, I, I think if – if Bryce Young was six foot tall, if he was six one, if he was six two, two hundred pounds, Bryce Young's the best quarterback in this draft. But I'm terrified for Bryce Young. Well, I, I said to you that I've said to you several times that in order for a quarterback to be successful, he has to be elite at something. And Bryce Young is elite at his pocket awareness, his um escapability. Um, he he's elite. He'll come into the league and he'll be the best. That he's better it's than Kyler all, Murray. It's, it's already better, Patrick it's, Mahomes, yeah, Kyler Murray. Yes, now. he's that good. If you just watch the tape, man, I mean, he's that good. He's it's like he's got eyes in the back of his head. And you know, we're not talking about Will Levis when we're at the quarterbacks up here. We haven't said much about him. That kid's just he's going. He's a football player. He's got a freaking cannon. There was some times last year in the Tennessee game, things like that, where you saw maybe some. 
He just didn't didn't take the game on his shoulders like you would like to see. So that's a kind of an issue. You want him to be more confident and be able to take take the game, like be like, I'm gonna be the reason we win this game. This is my team. And I I don't, you know, depending on where he goes, which we don't know yet, but depending on where he goes, it would benefit him to set some. But I could also see a team saying, we're riding with Will Levis this year. Right. And there's, you know, the quarterback carousel this offseason is – and it's already started today. Um, You know, it's a good time to talk about this. Derek Carr signing with the Saints. Uh, While we're on NFL quarterbacks, the quarterback carousel is going to be insane this offseason with – all the talent in the draft. I mean, this draft is way better than last year for quarterbacks. I mean, a million times better. And there's not even a ton of great quarterbacks in this draft. But you look at it, all the all the situations, there's Chicago wants to trade out of one. So somebody's going to be drafting up to take a quarterback. So who do you have as your number one quarterback off the board in this draft? And where and at what pick? I'm kind of leaning at this point thinking that – Houston, if they get enamored with C.J. Stroud, okay, and they're like, we can't allow anybody else to trade up to one ahead of us and get that pick and get C.J. Stroud. I could see Houston trading up one spot to draft C.J. Stroud. That's my – that's – as of right now, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Chicago would like to move back to two, take Will Anderson. That's probably what will happen. Um other than that, I mean, I don't – the Jets got turned down yet again by another – you know, Tyreek Hill said no to the Jets. Now Derek Carson no to the Jets. I mean, does – what do they do? What – I mean, they're in a, they're in a predicament, okay? It, but this QB carousel, what we know has happened today, Geno's getting his contract. Well-deserved. Well deserved. Lamar's going to get the tag. Whether he plays on that tag, that's a whole nother topic. But it looks like he's getting the tag. Ozzy Newsom said he's getting the tag. Okay. Daniel Jones is getting forty million a year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Derek Carr went to New Orleans. So where does that leave? What What does that leave? Well, that leaves three teams in the NFC South. Well, if you take Atlanta away and say that they're going to roll with Desmond Ritter, okay, that's fine. But that what does Tampa Bay do now? Okay, what does Green Bay do? What does I mean? What does San Francisco, what does San Francisco do? do? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a team that 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 was in the NFC Championship. Well, <clears throat> I just I the way I see things working out in my mind, and I, I disagree with you a little bit. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to get a bag from Houston. And he's going to go down there and play with D'Amico Ryans because he knows him. Uh, and I, I think Houston will trade back. Um, and I, I got to throw this in there because it's so devastating. And, you know, I, I wish kids would make smarter choices, but that's where Jalen Carter should be going, you know. Oh, it's it's that, that whole situation's upsetting. It really but is. But, I mean, let me ask you this right now. I mean, realistically – if I can get it to pull up here, there's there's really no teams in the top ten other than Houston that are going to trade up for a quarterback. Indianapolis. Well, let's see. I can't get my Carolina. I can't get my internet to work here. Um, they're not in the top ten. Carolina's not. Oh, they're just outside, aren't they? They're like thirteen. Yeah. 
I, I believe Indianapolis will. If Anthony Richardson makes it to three, I believe Indianapolis will trade up for Anthony Richardson. You like him in Indianapolis, though? I, I think it's uh, Chris Ballard came out and said that they like uh, Indianapolis has Indianapolis is four. Um, yeah, I mean Vegas isn't going to trade up for a quarterback. I don't think. Or are they? I don't think they are they would. are they thinking they're going to get Aaron Rodgers? Is that where Jimmy Garoppolo goes? No, I don't see it. You don't I don't see, see it. I could see Jimmy Garoppolo in Indianapolis though. Do you think they're sick of these type of stop? What's a Jim Irsay thing? It's Jim Irsay. But you you went from Car- Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and then you're going to go. Then you're going to go to to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I like Jimmy G, but I just don't think that Indianapolis needs a fresh start. Well, they're they're in the they're in the same situation we've lived it. They're in the same situation Miami was in when yeah. Marino retired. It's when Peyton retired, and Andrew Luck got the shit beat out of him for five years. They were they were done. Their quarterback situation was toast from then on out. Well, I mean, let's see. I mean, Chicago's trading down. Houston could take a quarterback. Arizona's not taking one. Indianapolis at four is a possibility. I don't believe Detroit. I think they like what they're doing with Jared Goff. I mean, the Falcons at at eight, I don't see them drafting a quarterback. And if they do, I don't think they'll trade up for a quarterback. Who's it at? Atlanta's at eight. Uh, they got Desmond Ritter, so I, I just don't think that. I mean, I don't see Carolina. Carolina. Well, what's that? The Carolina what, fan. I mean, How what do you think? Think? I mean <laughs> they traded. Still a new fan. They <laughs> traded Christian McCaffrey away. Okay, but the question is, do you do you build your team from the ground up with the quarterback first? That's the thing. Or do you want to take? You want to take a left tackle? Do you want to take a defensive end, one of these great edge rushers? That's the thing, though. Carolina's in a weird spot. Carolina, I feel like if they had a quarterback, they have enough pieces. DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall on the defense, Brian Burns. Um, what's the kid that came out of South Carolina a couple years ago, the the corner that's so good? I can't remember his name right now. But they, they've got all the pieces. Carolina has all the pieces. They're missing that that – game-changing quarterback. They, they're not going to find it with Matt Corral. They didn't find it with Sam Darnold. They didn't find it with Baker Mayfield. They have to go with a quarterback here. They have to. There's no question. Okay. I think well, Stroud's going to be off the by the time against the Carolinas. But, but do you think Carolina's in a situation it's where they're trade saying, up. we're going to trade up because C.J. Stroud's what we're missing? I don't think that you can leverage that much of your future for one of these quarterbacks. If, if you're Carolina, it's just different. Okay, you gave away your best player to build for the future. Do you want to say that we're going to draft one of these quarterbacks and not have anybody to protect him? Did they get another first this year? Do they have two firsts this year? I can't remember what the deal was with that. I I know the Bears coach came out and said that whoever, if they want, when they got that trade or whatever, it's going to cost them a lot. Right. they're going, yeah, to, they're going mean, to trade multiple trade or multiple spots right, the draft. Right. I can't remember if they got a first this year for for McCaffrey or not. But I don't it, think they did. They didn't. They what didn't do you do though? What did you go after Trey Lance? I mean, that's an option. Well, look for at Carolina. what Detroit done. Look at what Dan Campbell's done with Jerry Goff. But you're not going to get. Uh, what veterans are you going to get in there? Derek Carr didn't go to Carolina. 
No, I'm saying, I'm saying I think you would be better off as a Carolina Panther if you signed Marcus Mariota and drafted a good offensive lineman or an edge rusher there. That's See, my I, opinion. I, I disagree. I, I disagree. I, I think at this point Carolina's in that spot where, like I said, they have the pieces. They've got two great running backs, Deontay Foreman, Juba Hubbard. They're great. One, I, two I disagree. I think that I think that they are in – that kind of we have to rebuild, and if you're rebuilding for three years, yeah, you draft a quarterback, but they're not there. They just drafted Ike Aquanu, though. He's never played a down, but he's a first round tackle. He was the best best but tackle he, in that draft. He could be somebody like the uh, guy from Alabama that the Raiders drafted, uh, Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood. He could a, be another Alex Leatherwood for all we know. I don't know. I, I just I just feel like Carolina is in the perfect situation to take advantage of it and to start right now. They've got they've got a good offensive line. They've got good running backs, got good wide receivers. They just gotta get that one missing piece. And maybe that's the thing though, that's Carolina's in a bad spot because who wants to go what superstar wants to go play in Carolina? Do they trade do they trade out of that pick? It's possible. It, it's possible. Uh, um, here's one. Here's an interesting one for you. Philadelphia at 10. What, what do they do? Get another they went, edge rusher? They went 14 and 3. Nolan Smith. Year. Are we, are we, now we focus on the NFC North because that's really the only reason. Well, that, that's, that's part of this. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah part we're going to we're gonna scout it out. We're just kind of going over the, the draft right now, just as a whole, just kind of looking at everything. At the combine, I mean, it, it was a very it was a very good combine. Um, a lot of players stood out, and I mean, at this point, the draft's kind of up in the air. I, I don't I don't know. It's a weird draft. It is, it is. It's it's going to be very fun to see running back wise, though. Uh, really, only two names that are are kind of surpassing everybody. I mean, Jameer Gibbs and uh, B. John Robinson. They're at, yeah, they're head and shoulders. I don't see them being drafted in the second round, either one of them. Late first, yeah, possibly. really, really Robinson. late first. I mean, I'm looking right now. Miles Cal- Sanders didn't get picked up as his fifth-year option, so, I mean. Buffalo could take a running back at 27. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, I hear some stuff about Joe Mixon maybe getting the axe there. I don't know. Um, Minnesota is going to be looking for a replacement for Dalvin yeah. Cook, it looks like. That's crazy. Yeah, bring him to um, Miami. Yeah, I mean, uh, then we'll talk about um, their boy tied in there. Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington. Six, six, seven, man. Six, seven, 280, 280 pounds, runs a four, six. And he's just a massive, massive man. And to move the play against uh, Oregon where he broke the tackle and then hurdled the yes. guys, that size, like that dude, in my opinion, is going to be a game changer for whoever gets him. And he's not going to be an early pick. But I think that whoever gets him is just going to be impressive. Going to get him a stud. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, um, one name – and then we'll get off the combine and get to our scouting report for the 2023 season, starting off with the NFC North. On the defensive side of the ball, the first name that that you really see people 
it's not explosive. You know, it's not a 280-pound dude running a 4-3-9, but Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best defensive player in this draft all around, well-rounded, ready to go. Uh, a corner from Oregon, the dude you can't – I mean, 4-3 uh, speed, dude's yeah. super fast. Uh, he can jump. He's got all the attributes you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, he put on a show, man. And uh, the the corners, the cornerback position, you never know with these guys, you know, coming coming into the league, right? We've seen some guys we thought would be really, really good and they didn't pan out. But, you know, I'm not ready to say he's going to be a Patrick Sertan Jr. or whatever, but we'll see. I think he's got some, I think he's got some really good upside to him. The ceiling is high. Absolutely. So players to watch our top players after the combine leading up to the draft. We'll start at number one. We got CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud for me was put on a show and I'm really looking forward to seeing what this kid can do on Sundays. We didn't talk about this position group, but we'll get to it next week. Uh, I know the number one, wide receiver on your board is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yes. We'll get to that next week. We're gonna we're gonna be doing plenty of draft um stuff between now and then. I got sold on Jackson Smith and Jigba two years ago in the Rose Bowl against Utah. Was he had three hundred and sixty seven Yeah, they torched my Utes man. And <laughs> that dude is going to be a stud, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. Absolutely. And then we got B. John Robinson, number one running yeah. back on the on the board. Yeah. Then we've got Darnell Washington, number yeah. one tight end. And we've got Christian Gonzalez. Write those names down. That is the official first list 2023 combine prospects to watch. There you go. This episode of the Foul Language Podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy, the clean energy drink scientifically formulated to give you laser-like focus to tackle the day without jitters or a crash after. Use promo code FOUL44 at checkout, that's F-O-U-L-4-4, and receive a 10% discount off your total order. Cut out all that nasty motherfucking sugar and start drinking Dubby Energy today. All right, boys, new segment. I'm excited about this one. This one is going to run from now until the draft, and the way we've planned it out has been spectacular. Every week we're going to be talking about a new division in the NFL, starting off today with the NFC North. This is going to lead us right up to draft week. We're going to talk about every team. We're going to talk about your favorite team. We're going to talk about your least favorite team, the Cowboys. We're going to talk about (laughs) everybody. So let's kick it off right now with the Detroit Money Lions. Dan Campbell's still doing his thing up there. Alex, what do you like about the Lions going into this year? What do the Lions need to improve on? What do you see going on up in the Motor City? Well, the first thing I would like to say about the Lions is that they impressed me last year. They are grit, you know. We've got to have that grit and do it. A lot of grit, man. A lot, a lot of grit, man. You know, I think that they're building something there. They're going to want high quality, high quality guys. Um, I think that on the back end of that, that defense is an issue. Mm-hmm. So I think that 
that they were what 30 they were like 31st i think in the league last year in pass defense it relying just, on they had a third worst defense with 25.1 averages yeah average points now they game. got better as the season went on their defense did they got better i think that you know if if you just look at that offense as it sets right now, if you said that we're going to keep everything the same, if we're going, well, they're probably not bringing DeAndre Swift back from what I've been hearing. But if you said that, you know, we got Amon Ra, who is a stud, you know, you got what's his face uh, coming uh, from Alabama that didn't play. Um, Jamison Williams. Williams is going to be good. Uh, they, the only position that they need to draft, in my opinion, right now on the offensive side of the ball would be tight end. Could be somewhere Darnell Washington goes later. I think they pick um, in the second round. They have picks two and 32 in the first round, picks 34. So they there's three picks right there within the first 34 picks. If they went two defense, let's say they drafted a corner or an edge rusher, some something like that. You know, Will and you know Will Anderson, something like that. No wait, this isn't. I'm t- I'm sorry. They pick six. Pick six. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Six and 18. So that was last year's what I was looking at. But I think that if you said they got to go, they have to go corner, in my opinion, at six. Okay. That, I mean, you just have to solidify the back end of that. You know, they got um, Rodrigo, I think, is going to be a good player. Very, very linebacker, solid, they got yeah. a decent linebacking core. They got a decent defensive line with Hutch coming in there. Um, but I just think that they have to go defense and they're going to bring some high quality guys in that are good locker room guys that, that, that's my opinion. You got to go defense. Do you think with, with all the talk, I mean, I, I don't know because I, I'll just come straight out and say it. I don't like Jalen Ramsey. Can't stand him. I think he's. I don't think he fits in with what they do and. I don't think he does either, but that's, I mean, that, that's a, that's a huge opportunity for a lot of teams right there. And for a team that needs, you know, uh, corners and defensive backs, that's, that, that seems like an opportunity that they should at least try to jump on. You know, I I can say I don't like him as much as I want to, but he's still a very good corner. He's a little overrated in my opinion, but they, they do. They got Okuda back there. So that's a good place to start. This could be where Christian Gonzalez goes. That's what I think. I think Gonzalez goes there. Yeah. Uh, And I I think it would be a good move. Um, I I just think that if you kept, like I said, if you kept that offensive unit together, it's, you can do some stuff. Let's just solidify this defense Let's be able to stop people, get off the field on third downs, and I think that's the way Dan Campbell needs to take this team. Stop playing from behind all the time. Stop playing from behind. Stop making stupid mistakes. We saw what Josh Allen done on Thanksgiving yeah. to him. You know what I mean? It's It was tough to watch at, at, at points. It right. was tough to watch what Tua done to him. I mean, that's the best game Tua had last year was against Detroit. So there, there's a lot of upside to this team. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they don't win this division this year. Yeah, yeah, I can I can agree with that 100%. And it, it helps when you've got a running back that's scoring 20 touchdowns a season. That does yeah. help. Yeah, I'm not sure that's sustainable. <laughs> but we'll, you, know, we'll, yeah, you got anything to say, Gage? I, I think they go with Gonzalez, a cornerback, a sixth pick, and Brian Brees on the 18th. A defensive line. Defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he, uh, he kind of came out of nowhere in he the combine. Did. And that, that Clemson – Produces high 
quality. I'm talking like personality, Christian Wilkins. They might grab your sack. They do, but they (laughs) Clemson coming from Dabo, that's the type of player Dan Campbell wants. Yes, absolutely. uh, He he Brees would be a great he would fit in great there. Hey, I I mean Detroit's got a if you're a Detroit fan out there, you got a lot to look forward to. You got a a a great talent in Aiden Hutchinson. The dude is a stud. He is gonna be around for a long time. Uh, you've got a lot of great talent there. Jared Goff is still your quarterback, but it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. You could be the Minnesota Vikings, who are also in this division, and have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. Wait, what more do you need? You take this one, Gage. You take the Vikings. Yeah, uh, I think the Vikings. Let's see here. They go 24th, but yeah, 24th on the first. They got a 88th on the third. They got a fourth and fifth round pick. Um, I'll go with Keely Ringo, quarterback out of Georgia. Keely Ringo, that's, a, that's a solid That's a good one. That's a solid, and they need that. You know, they released Eric Kendricks today. Uh, yeah. Sent him to Miami also. But, you know, they Dalvin Cook's probably going to be leaving. They Patrick Peterson leaving. Patrick Peterson, yeah. yeah. They just hired Brian Flores. I mean, they're trying to work on the defense. Right. He's a very good defensive coach. I mean – I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw something out there. I'm gonna take a kind of a wild take on this one. Okay, wide receiver. Really? You think so? Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you why. If you drafted Njigba at this point, uh, in with the pick that they have in the first round, if you drafted him right there, and you paired up Njigba on one side with Jay Jets on the other side, and then you could move. Um, you could move how I can send out, and then you would also have Thielen. Adam Thielen. That would be dangerous. Yeah. Now, I agree, you all, cornerback is the most pressing need um, for them at this point. Also, interior defensive line is, is an issue. They need, they need all runs. Yeah, I mean, they had the 31st ranked passing defense in the NFL last year, and so I mean. I just think that it's going to be one of those type of Jerry Jones moves where it's like, oh, we need this, but who all went off the board before? <laughs> is this unbelievable right. talent? Remember we drafted C.D. Lamb? Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> what's going to be here? So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a crazy wide receiver taken to pair up with Jay Jetson. That will be deadly. Well, I, I want to take a, a, a small side quest here because I want to throw one name in this wide receiver talk while we're on this topic. Um, You can't talk about wide receivers in this draft without talking about Quentin Johnson. Yeah. The dude stud. Right there's another one, yeah. He, he, the thing that he has over in Jigba is the size. The dude is built like a freaking tank. Yeah. And anybody who's going to draft a wide receiver in this, in this first round, if you're not, if you're looking for that guy, that DK Metcalf type guy, that that's your that's your pick right there. Yeah. That's your pick 100. And maybe that does that pair up well? Do you think with a speedy, tall, lanky guy like Jay Jets is a dude doesn't have the blazing four three speed. He doesn't have, but he can go up. He can take the top off of defenders. Has that big body to challenge every pass. Yeah, I think it does. I think it would be a good move. And, I mean, they have K.J. Osborne. Um, 
He shows a lot of promise. Adam Thielen's going to be what thirty three years old. Yeah. Um, come this year, so I. God, that's old. I just think that yeah, that is old. <laughs> that's just bad. Uh, uh, I mean, you wonder what they're going to do. Is Alexander Madison going to be the starter there? Is they going to are they going to keep Dalvin Cook? There's a lot of questions here. The Vikings could literally. I know this people aren't going to like this answer for Vikings fans, but they could go anywhere with this pick, in my opinion. Defense, defensive line, cornerback, wide receiver. You could even see him going, jumping at a running back, possibly. The only thing they won't go for is a quarterback because they're set. They yeah. are set. They yes, are set. they are yeah. set. Well, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think Minnesota, and I, we said it from week six, seven, and on, that they were not as good as their record. And I believe Minnesota takes a big step back this year. I, I think Minnesota's going to be lucky to make it to 500 by, by week 17. But that, that's just me. I think uh, it's it's things do not – and, you know, Kevin O'Connell done a fantastic job in his first season. There's no question about it. He's going to be a great coach. But the downfall of that creed-listening son of a bitch is coming. <laughs> and it's going to fall hard. He's already ran one coach out of there. And I, I've said to you before that, that – I think it'll happen again. I do. Minnesota, though, you know. Is it a bad sign to you that they're sending Dalvin Cook away? Yeah, it's a bad sign. It doesn't feel good. It's like, it, if you're a Vikings fan, you got to be worried about that. Yeah, it's a bad sign. And like I said, Detroit's coming up. Detroit's on the way up. The Packers are on the way down. Chicago's kind of stuck in limbo. And uh, the Vikings are on the way down. Yeah. So. It's a weird time in the NFC North. It is. It is. Let's talk about those. The Bears. The Chicago the Bears. Bears. The Bears. Mike Dipka. Cocaine is, Bear. Yeah. Great yeah. movie. <laughs> no, you say that. Yeah. Did you see it? It was uh, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Don't hate the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody made someone was like, they're going to do the meth gator now. Yeah, it's the, uh, the creators of uh, Sharknado. <laughs> I, I'm fairly certain there are probably some meth gators in Florida. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, the Bears starting off all has to be offense. Oh, let's let's start. Let's let's start right here. Well, I don't know. Answer, answer this question. Answer this question. If you're and and the if you're the owner of Chicago Bears, is Justin Fields your quarterback for the future? Justin Fields is my quarterback for 2023, and that's as far into the future as I can see. Okay. He doesn't have a wide receiver one. He doesn't have the, the, the third one. best wide receiver in the NFL is there now. Yeah. Chase Claypool. Okay. Chase Claypool, yeah. He does he doesn't have a wide receiver. <laughs> he doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't have an extremely reliable defense to put him in positive situations. Okay. First thing you gotta look at, obviously, is offensive line. Some people would probably argue you gotta go defensive line first because the premier defensive linemen are going to be going early, okay? So this is where Will Anderson would come into effect immediately. Okay? They haven't replaced Khalil Mack yet. They, they, they got to replace Roquan Smith. Right. So I think um, they were dead last in sacks last year. They only had 20 sacks as a team 
Think about that. Only had 20 as a team. That's that's what insane. Nick Bosa had 20 himself, yeah. right? Or what, 18, 18 yeah. something like that. I mean, put it into perspective that way, yeah. right? So it, it's like we want to help Justin Fields as much as we can. What's the way that we help him? We can put a, a better defensive product on the field, or we can give him somebody to throw the football to. We can give him time in the pocket. These three positions in my in order for me are offensive line, defensive line, and wide receiver. They need to address every one of those issues in the draft. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I, I got to get to the bottom of this. It kind of caught me off guard when it happened, so I'm trying to place him in the right situation. And think about those dark blue and orange uniforms. And think about big old sexy Taylor Lewan in one of them. <laughs> what do you think? You, I mean, I could say there's, there's always, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but free agency is not utilized enough, in my opinion, for bridge players anymore. Taylor Lewan is not a guy that you're expecting to come in and be your starting left tackle. God knows he can't play a full season. He can't stay healthy. For eight years, right? This is a bridge player. This is a guy that you can probably bring in for less than what he's worth right now. And you can bring him in, and he will be able to start every game that he's healthy. And that anchors that offensive line. Justin Fields was sacked 55 times left. Jesus, that is insane. I mean, what do you think? You think you go you know, offensive line first? Well, they have the worst defense in the NFL. Uh, they allowed an average 27.2 points per game. They had the most rushing touchdowns over 30 yards in the NFL allowed on them yeah. last year. Had the record, I think, or somewhere. It was, at one point, it was five, and it kept going up from there. So I think they're going to go defense. My prediction is it's where Jalen Carter ends up. Well, yeah, that uh, that situation's so yeah, upsetting, yeah. you know, so upsetting. And, and I could see it, you know, Nolan Smith, like this guy hasn't – he kind of blasted on the scene from nowhere, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. is this going to be the guy that replaces that spot where Jalen Carter – I mean, Jalen Carter was – Number one overall pick. There was no question. He was he's he's still listed number one. That's what crazy. He didn't even participate in the uh, combine workouts. Yeah. Well, uh, what I mean, he was For released. Drill. He was released. What a four thousand dollar bond. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like it's too serious, but it makes you wonder if these teams are going to take a chance on somebody with that questionable character. Well, I mean. So the thing is, they for the listeners that don't know, uh, he was in trouble because they were racing, if I'm not mistaken, drunk racing in Athens. Yeah, and they wrecked and they yeah, wrecked and uh, basically the police were going after him because he was racing against them in his uh, trailhawk. Yeah. I don't think that's enough to keep an NFL team away because yeah, it's it's stupid, but I mean. We've all known people that have raced. You know, it's dumb shit. But he also got arrested for reckless driving in September. Or not arrested, but yeah. charged for reckless driving. Well, look what happened to Laramie Tunsil, though. Yeah. I mean, he was still a first-round pick, but he was the number – he was the best player in that draft. Mm-hmm. And he fell to, what, 13? 13. 13. So, right here, yeah. I mean, yeah, he. I, I think he's still – 
I don't think he goes number one overall. I think Chicago trades back and picks him up after the quarterbacks go. I think Chicago trades maybe Indy for number one. Trades back to four. Yeah. And I think they pick him up to that because I think obviously Houston's going to go for quarterback. Yeah. So I think they'll pick him up at fourth. That's that's my prediction. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. It's just it's a shame to see like you just got to be smarter than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand. You know, he's got then IL. He's got pockets full of money. He was dropping out trail hawk. Those things are right, hundred grand. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think I agree. I think Chicago they have to they have to address these situations. I it's think, obvious. I think if it was. A sexual assault or something along those lines, I think it'd be more, a lot more triggered. But I think where it is, you know, drag racing, I think that's something that they'll be more likely to work with. Right. Because, I mean, it yeah, speaks I more about immaturity than it does, like, you know, you have somebody that's beating a girl or yeah. raping people. That's a whole other thing. That's right. not maturity. That's personality. Think with somebody who is out doing dumb stuff that we've all done and thank God didn't end up with these kind of situations. Right. I think that's more easily overlooked. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I I believe Chicago will trade back. Um, There's not a whole lot of offensive linemen who are – seem to be superstars. You know, every year it seems – you know, you look back, Penny Sewell, you've got guys like that. You've got guys like Ike Aquanu last year. Uh, There always seems to be that one that's like, oh, my God, this dude – yeah, you know it, it does. There's yeah. not that guy this year. No, it I seems agree. like so. I, I I guess Chicago is. I agree. They'll lean more towards that defensive line somewhere. Yeah. Maybe an edge rusher. Maybe they go. Like I'm saying, that Nolan Smith, the dude. I don't know if you've seen his his combine, but he exploded, man. He did, but you know, I, I look at Deion Jordan. Yeah. Okay, you can get blinded by these combine things. You can, and that doesn't always translate to the field. It's a good indicator that these are good athletes, but it, it would make me take pause and think, is this guy just this athletic, or is he that athletic, and is he a great football right. player? Right. No, I get it. I understand. I, I, I agree. I, it's going to be interesting. The most interesting one, I saved him for last, is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about here. Yes. Just, well, okay. Let's just let's just base this on the idea that Jordan Love's going to be the quarterback. I think that's going to be the easiest way to go. And we can do a whole segment on Aaron Rodgers if we wanted to. But let's just say Jordan Love's going to be the quarterback. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I think that's kind of the the given situation right now. Seeing Green Bay has said that they want to move on from Aaron Rodgers, but he hasn't made up his mind if he wants to continue to play or retire. So I think that's all we're waiting on at this point. So, yeah, Jordan Love, quarterback. So, first off, I I think that they probably need to go edge rusher. They had 34 sacks. Only 34 sacks last year was like 28th in the league. So I think edge rusher is is a definite um, need for them. I think also um, you could see them going for safety here. Um, it's it's kind of like the team is going to be in limbo. I think until Aaron Rodgers decides what's he, what is what he's going to do, and then you could decide 
if Jordan Love's going to be the quarterback, which we're basing this that he is, then you would say, let's get him a big tight end. Let's let's get Darnell Washington in here. Let's get him somebody to throw the football to, an easy target, a big target. Plus, you've got to replace Devonta Adams. Still, you've never you've never fixed that hole. Well, and the the next the, the big rumor going around right now is there's a lot of teams calling about Alan Lazard. Really, I read a, a thing. It's kind of funny. Uh, May it was maybe it was Rapshi Ian Rappaport. Uh, reported that he overheard uh, a couple members of ownership t- at the combine saying that their nipples are hard for Alan Lazard. Oh. <laughs> All right. Hard for Lazard. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, Green Bay's in a weird situation. I mean, they, it's they're a very strange situation. Very young. What do you do with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones? Well, we know what they're going to do with Aaron Jones because he just got the contract. Yeah. So. What do you do about your star offensive lineman, David Bakhtiari, who is becoming Taylor Lewan and can't stay healthy? What do you do about your two rookie wide receivers that had a lot of problems this year? But granted, they were thrown into a starting role. You know, it, it's just, it's a weird, very weird situation. And I don't know which way you go at your Green Bay. Where do you start at? Because Jordan Love is inexperienced, right? But the, the thing about it is, and what are we going to do if we've got Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers into 20 years from now, we're saying, can you believe it went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love? Well, I, I'm not I'm not sold on the idea that that's But going that to is a possibility. You know it. The reason this is so awkward is because Green Bay just doesn't get into these situations as a franchise. That's the thing. So you – or. Does no, everybody's saying, time runs out? Is that what you're saying? And has yeah, Green Bay's time run out? I think out? Green Bay's on the downhill side of it. I think that you look at you look at Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, who they don't have a safety. They have Jair Alexander. Okay, where's the guy on that defense? Okay, where's the guy on the offense? They have they they can address these issues that they have in the draft, it's not going to make a huge difference. Right. You know, I say give Jordan Love a big target to throw to. That's that's what I think they need to do. Well, is it Quentin Johnston? It's possible. They've never drove they never gave Aaron Rodgers a first, a first round, round, first round wide never receiver. had a first round wide let's receiver. let's start Jordan Love off on the on the positive note, give him somebody to throw the football to. That's my opinion. At what point does when Aaron Rodgers doesn't return and Jordan Love struggles, at what point does Matt LaFleur's seat start to warm up a little bit? Oh, it's going to be warm this year. You think so? Yeah. I kind of get that feeling too. Yeah. Um, it's weird, man. It's weird seeing these dynasties like this. What do you think, Gage? I think they're going to go with the tight end, open up the middle of the field catch option, probably Michael Mayer. Okay. That's, that's my prediction. There's a lot of good tight ends in this draft. So it's a yeah. good year for him. Yeah, I, you forget about Dalton Kincaid, too, out of Utah. The dude is a stud. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I guess if that wraps it up for you, let us know on our Facebook, at Foul Language, what you think of the new segment. Let us know what division we should do next. Don't forget to go watch The Illusions with Edward Norton. Yes, sir. That is the movie of the week from the movie club. We're going to be talking about that again next week. Stay sexy. Alex, you got anything to say? We love you guys.
Cage or anything. So. Uh, yes, I would like to say you can watch The Illusionist on Netflix, I believe. So Okay, sweet. Everybody a place to watch it out. going to have to check that out. Well, Feller, I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Thank Peace. you. Adios. Bye.